Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Even when he was rejecting him and God is saying the same thing to this generation. Glory to God. He's called us unto liberty. But I want to caution you right here. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Now what is flesh? Let's talk about it just for a moment. Flesh, when you talk about flesh, he's referring to fleshly mindedness. Or I'll put it another way. Flesh, when you use the word fleshly minded, you find this in the book of Romans, chapter 8. Use the phrase fleshly minded or the word carnal minded. Let me put it into a term you would understand. It's dog eat dog. Oh, uh, Zona and I was watching nature movie the other day. Just, you know, nature. And guess what? It's dog eat dog. Those animals don't, by love, serve one another. Are you listening? It's dog eat dog. That's what he said. You bite and devour one another. That's going on in the body of Christ. And God says, I'm going to liberate you from it and bring you into the glorious liberty whereby you, by love, by love, by love, you can serve one another. Now listen, what we're seeing happen right now, what is stirring in the church is referred to, and I'm talking about Omega Church, but I'm also talking about the church, the Bible-believing church. Now I'm not talking about religious heads. What is stirring right now is referred to as a revival. And I'm going to talk to you at the close about this. You need to understand what's going on. The beginning of this year had a shift, a change, where God is stirring in the church. Amen. And it's, it's a revival. Now listen carefully. You know the word re, the, the, the phrase or the, the prefix re means? It means to do again. Are you following that? Everybody with that? So when we talk about revitalize something. It was vitalized to begin with. But now we're revitalizing. How many of you ever needed a fresh coat of paint on the walls in your house? What you did was revitalize it. It was already painted, but now we're going to put a fresh coat on it. Are you following? Okay. So when you talk about revival... How can you revive something that hadn't been vived? (laughs) Revival is not for the world that doesn't know God. Revival is for the church. Because we've been vived and now we need to be revived. Are you following that? And God is stirring in the church because we see all the obscurity of darkness all around us. 
And, and uh, everything we turn to is, you can't trust it, nothing. You can't trust nothing. And God says, I'm bringing you to the point that the only thing you can trust is me. Where the church is deviated, now listen carefully, I'm going to love you tender and I'm going to love you true, but I'm going to love you with the truth. Amen. We've deviated from that and we think that we're successful because we got some little plaque on the wall that somebody says we're successful, but we're successful in fallen human nature, fleshly minded. The church has been educated to be fleshly minded. Do you understand what I'm saying? And because of that, our society has deteriorated. Because the church is the mechanism by which God is going to work through in these days. It's called the church age. And we're coming to the close of the church age. And those that have been educated by fallen human nature are sitting in their rocking chair saying, Oh, come quickly, Lord Jesus, when the church hasn't finished its course. Are you understanding? And because of that now, we've, our churches are full of carnal-mindedness. And God is starting to stir and says, I'm going to strip all of that off of you. I'm going to strip it all off. Why is he going to strip it all off? Because we've taken our liberty as an occasion to the flesh. You follow me? In other words, I go to church not to get God's will in my life. I go to church to try to get God to bless my will. My visions. My dreams. Are you following me now? Y'all still love Jesus? Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, I really feel the love. And so what, what happens is now, we, our churches are full of, and you, uh, 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 of our mindset that has been educated by a world that's full of darkness. Let me give you an example. I love you. I love you. I really do. But I'm going to speak boldly to you now. We want to know why we have, a, have had a generation of young people that go through because they're captivated at home, but when they turn 18, they get out of home and they go do their own thing. And guess what? We're so proud. We are proud. We want, oh, they're going to X university. I use the word X for a reason. X university. There's not one godly thing in it. And y'all still love Jesus. Yes. But God is stirring in the church. Are you listening? I, I, I had to deal with the negative part. We can no longer come to church saying, God, I want you to bless what I'm doing. And God says, listen, if you want under the spout where the glory comes out, you do what I'm doing. 
Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. And He shall direct thy paths. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just being honest with you. I had no intentions of ever being, quote, in the ministry. Now, I was going to go to church and love God and be a nice guy. My goal was to be in business. It was not. I've been raised in a pastor's home. Now, I wasn't against God. I love God. But that's the reason why he arrested me. You know, Zona and I moved away from San, from, from San Antonio and this church. We moved away from here because I was disgusted. The church, listen carefully, half the people who were going to church were coming to do their own thing. And I went to work for one of those men. And guess what? Oh, Ronnie, we got two years worth of work. I didn't know he had two years worth of work that he's going to hire everybody and their brother to do in six months. He laid me off three times. And I was the type of guy, I won't say one word to you. I was very shy anyway. I won't say one word to you, but I'm gone. So my brother called me. He said, Ronnie, if you want a job, it's in Houston. And he said, I promise you, you'll be able to get a job and keep it. So Zona and I moved to Houston. Ten months. Ten months. I was miserable. And had a paycheck. <laughs> had a paycheck. I was miserable. All I could think about was right here. My heart, my heart was back here. My heart was back here. I said, God arrested me. Ooh, God's going to arrest somebody today. I, I know it. Some of you listening... He's going to arrest them. And so what I did, <laughs> for 10 months I fought it. Zona was active in church, but I couldn't be because I was on a rotating shift. That means every seven days I rotated to another shift. I was, I was just kind of separate. I was just miserable. And I'll never forget, I had a four-day weekend. And Zona and I came home on a four-day weekend. Glory to God. I'm glad God arrested me. I'm glad God doesn't tell me everything when I want to know it either. <laughs> and mom and dad used to have promise boxes. You know what a promise... Have you all, how many of you know what a promise box is? Okay, those that don't know what a promise box is, they take, they take these little strips of cardboard and they write a promise on it and they put it in the promise box, and you pull one out. Okay? So I was home, miserable, longing for this. We were home, and I went over to the promise box that mom and dad had. I wasn't going to do this either, but I'm going to. Ezekiel. Now, I'm not, ju I'm not just reminiscing here. Are you all following? This is not reminiscing. This is trying to help you understand. I look back now. I didn't know it then. Ezekiel chapter 36. Let's look here. 
I pulled out this promise out of the promise box. Ezekiel 36, 11. And this is what it says. And I will multiply upon you man and beast. Now, Zona and I, we didn't have no children at the time. None. And they shall increase and bring fruit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. Glory to God. Now watch this. This is what stuck in my crawl. I will settle you after your old estates and will do better unto you than at your beginnings. I was 19 years old. Just barely 19. And I turned to Zona and I said, we're moving back. Just that my head wouldn't let me think. I'm glad my head wouldn't let me think. I'm talking about having your carnal reasoning conflicting with what the Holy Spirit is saying. Do you understand? I'll tell you why I'm, I'm glad in just a moment. So I turned to Zona and I said, we're moving back. I picked up the phone right then and called my work and said, I won't be back. Now, I left San Antonio because I didn't have no work to go get a secure job in Houston. And one word from God brought me back to San Antonio without the security of a job. Isn't God funny? So I went home and began to begin. Zona said, "Well, I have to give two weeks' notice to uh, Brother Renault, who she worked for the district office of the Assemblies of God at that time." He said, "I'll need to give two two weeks' worth of notice," and I said, "That's fine. I'll load up everything and bring it all back and get it all moved while you're working." <laughs> Are you following? So I did that. Now I want you to get this. We got moved back, didn't have the security of a job, living with our, my parents. Now, I left here because I wanted the security of not having to go back. I'm settling after your old estates. Now, stay with me. And so I came back. After we got back, Zona did her two weeks, and we got back here. Zona started not feeling good, so she went to the doctor and found out she's pregnant. Do you know what I just... Are you following me? God didn't let my head know any of that. Thank you, Jesus! Didn't let me know any of that. I, said, I, I turned to Zona and I said... I wouldn't have quit my job. I had the insurance to pay for her. Nita is our firstborn child. We had saved up $900. Guess how much Nita cost? Already got. Now here's what I want you to see. I'm, I'm saying this to help you to, to see something. We've been talking about this. 
Carnal-mindedness is sense and reasoning without, I want you to emphasize that, without the influence of the Holy Spirit. My head would have gotten away trying to reason, saying, well, this ain't God. God already spoke to me with one verse of Scripture and said, I'm going to settle you after your old estates. That meant I'm bringing you back here. I had no earthly idea that God was going to put me where I am today. None. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, that's you. What I'm telling you, what I'm telling you, most of the time, well, every time I've ever missed God is because my head got in the way. My head got in the way. Fallen human nature's reasoning. I ain't even got to it. You can read it. Romans 8 and, and, and Galatians 5. Fallen human nature, the Bible says in Romans 8, is enmity out of the King James. Enmity against God. You know what enmity means? It means it's hostile. When God speaks to you by His Spirit in your inner man, if you're not sensitive to know that that's God to the point that you drive out the doubt in your head, you'll miss God because your head will talk you right out of it. Talk you right out of it. Now, I know whereof I speak. I haven't learned all my lessons. I'm growing. Nita is now born. We're living in a rent house on Zona's parents' property. I'm working construction for my father-in-law. And we're going to school at night over Pastor Odell's church. And that was extreme north side of town. We lived in extreme south. We lived at like 1604 Pleasanton Road area, right there. All the way to Hedman Road over there, you know, in no man's land. <laughs> we would come home from construction, change clothes, take the kids. We, got, we now have a second child, Joah. Drop them off at the uh, babysitter, and then we would go, and we would go into Bible school. And uh, it was two nights a week, right? We wouldn't get home till 11 or 12 at night. Had to be up, gone again. You, you say, why are you saying this? Because I'm fixing to tell you another story. One day, Zona and I are driving home. After, I don't know, we was working up here or something. We're still living out there. And Zona said, Ronnie, God's going to send us some money in the mail. And I turned to her and I said, Zona, who is going to send us money in the mail? Who? Who's going to send that? I'm not in the ministry. 
By that time, I had shifted, and now I'm working up here at the church, doing all, you know, maintenance, building maintenance, property maintenance. $100 a week, gross pay. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's gross. $100 a week. And God had spoke to her heart. My head is in the way. Everybody listening? My carnal mindedness, it's enmity against God. I said, who's going to do that, Zona? You know, I'm, I'm, she's picking up work. I'm picking up work. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know what I mean. We're, and I said, who's going to do that? She did that every day. I don't know, two or three weeks, maybe longer. I don't know. Three weeks, three weeks. I was thicker headed than I thought. <laughs> Instead of being a lightning fast mind and listening to the Holy Spirit inside here, I was arguing her out of my head. I moved right out of, listen carefully, this is important. I moved right out of trying to reason it now to mocking. Are you listening? Carnal mindedness will get, begin to get you into mocking what God is saying to your spirit. And I begin to mock her. Now that didn't last too long. Because God showed up. And I began to say, Zona said, uh, Ronnie, just hand me the mail. And I'd look at her and say, have you got the check yet? <laughs> just kind of grin, you know. We call that teasing, but it's mocky. I, this went on for three weeks. Until one day, she said, just hand me the mail. In other words, shut up and hand me the mail. <laughs> and she opened the mail up, and there was a check. Do you remember how much it was? I don't know. It was $100. I was making $100 a week. <laughs> like $100 or so. And she opened it. I got it. <laughs> now, Holy Ghost is now mocking the flesh. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, who sent that check? Where did it come from? Now listen, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. This is important. I've been raised in church all my life. I've seen God do some stuff. But you've got to crucify that flesh. If you don't, it'll talk you right out of obeying God and you'll be in disobedience and wonder why. God, why won't you help me? Because I lined it out for you and you listen to your flesh more than you listen to me. And so I, I turned to her and, and she said, well, it, it, it's from this company. Well, we had done business with this company, one of my business adventures that didn't have God in it. Going to church, trying to get to bless my plans. Anybody with me? Now you understand what I'm saying. That's the way I was thinking, just like most Christians when they come to church. And you'll come in like that, but when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, that's why we're emphasizing this. God works through the heart. He doesn't work through the head. And this is what I said to her. Don't you cash that check. There is something wrong here. I didn't know that something wrong was speaking. 
I said, I'm going to call them. Well, it was too late in the evening until we got home, so I, I called them the next day, and I said, uh, y'all sent us a check in the mail, and I want to know what this is for. Because all I had in my mind, this is, this is how bright, lightning fast, stupid human thinking is. All I could see is we're going to cash that check, and then we're going to turn around and have to pay it back. That's all I could see. Oh, man. So I asked them. And she said, no, sir, that's your, y'all's check. It, we sent it to you, it's yours. I wouldn't let her off the hook. I said, give me the accounting part. <laughs> well, they're closed right now. And I said, okay, I'll call tomorrow. I wouldn't let her cash it. Three days. Three days of Stupidity. That's what fallen human nature would do to you. And don't look at me like you, like, well, Pastor Ronnie, uh, I didn't know you was that stupid. (laughs) You've all done it. You've all done it. Because fallen human nature is what Jesus came to deliver us from. So I I called them three times in three days, and I talked to the accounting department. The second time I called. They said, no, sir, that's your check. I said, are you sure about that? I said, yeah, it's your check. And I hung it up and I said, there's something wrong. Now here again, I didn't know stupid was talking. <laughs> I called them the next day. I said, ma'am, there is something wrong here. Why did you send us this check? Sir. She's aggravated with me now. <laughs> sir. We went back to our books and you overpaid us. It is your money. Cash the check. <laughs> Zona's smiling at me all the time. Just like, I told you, I told you we're going to get some money in the mail. Now listen carefully. How many times did God drop something in your spirit and you fed your fleshly mind that argued you out of it? Now you understand why God's got to revive the church. Because listen carefully, most people cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of their carnal thinking. I ain't going to talk and tell you. I'll never forget one guy. One dad went to Sundown, Texas, and they they wanted to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Dad got up there and talked to him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the guys says, he says, I don't mind being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I don't want none of that tongues talking stuff. And dad turned and said, that's all right. If you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues, that's fine. The Holy Spirit filled that place. That man was sitting there, and he decided he was getting out of there because people were being baptized with the Holy Ghost, with speaking in other tongues, and it was freaking out their head. It was freaking this guy out so bad that he got up out of his chair to get outside the door 
And he got out and started toward the door and he fell to his knees. Then he fell flat on his face speaking in tongues. Woo! I'd like to see that on some of y'all. Most people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you're trying to figure it out with your head. And your head is your worst enemy. Are you following me? See, you, we get up here, we talk about the goodness of God, what happened up here this morning, and somebody's like, I feel something, but... I, 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 can't go, I can't go up there. I can't go up there. I can't go up there. And the Holy Ghost is moving and drawing you in your head. No, what if everybody sees me? What if everybody sees me? So what? I wouldn't even hardly invite people to church when I was a teenager. Because I knew there would be an outbreaking of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> What are they going to think? What are they going to think? I'll be the talk of the high school. You know, God has... I'm glad that God butts in. Everybody say butts in. Butts in. Yeah, you have to understand my personality during these time periods. My personality was... I was a determined person. In other words, I, I could make up my own mind. I didn't want no, nobody else making it up. But I was not a public speaker. In other words, I didn't publicize everything. I would reason it out in my own head, and then I'm going to do what I want to do. You could stand there and chew me out. I'll smile at you, and then I'll turn around and go do my own thing. Okay? I'll never forget sitting in this middle section right here. Right here. And always kind of, we kind of sit in the back a little bit. I can't remember those people's names. Do you remember them? Huh? No, not Lee's. I can't. But anyway, God, old time Pentecostal, dad had them to speak. I'll never forget it. Zona and I are sitting in the back. This is on a Sunday night, I believe. And they're singing, God's begin, uh, begin to move again in our generation, something like that. And it got kind of wild. You know what I mean, wild? And I'm, I'm sitting there like this, you know, standing there, watching everybody's going on. And all of a sudden, she's leading it, and all of a sudden, she just comes right down here. And she's twirling. <laughs> she comes right down here. Right where you're sitting, James. She, music's playing, everybody's happy. She grabbed me by the hand. Now, I don't want to make a scene. And she twirls me all the way to the front. We're the only one twirling in the building. My head was having a fit. Everybody else was laughing and having a good time, but I was fuming. Twirls me right in there in the front. 
You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, now why are you talking about... I'm trying to talk about the difference between the flesh and the spirit and the contradictions that you're having, the wars that you're having on the inside. That's what I'm talking about. Because what lies ahead will, will and how you, well you do will be dependent on the leadership of the Holy Ghost to lead you during this time period. That's what this is all about. God had to burn that stuff out of me. Are you following me? Now, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was nine years old, and I bounced like a BB on concrete. You know why? My head wasn't in the way. That's why you, a lot of times, young people, we're talking about, uh, 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 the young people can get it when us older people, oh, bless God, I don't know. I just don't know if that's God. I ain't, I ain't going to be up there looking like a fool. Well, who's the fool when you're crying at home and you can't make it and you're coming to church trying to get answered to prayer and the Holy Ghost is there and you are talking yourself right out of the answer that's made available to you. And our churches are full of people like that. It does not make sense what's going on in Ashbury University. You cannot explain it. Do you know why? God says, I'm going to take the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. Now, I told you I was going to give you the last verses. How many of you all ready? Yes. All right. You're ready for my last verses? <laughs> I'm saying that for a reason. Glory to God. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 28, real quickly. Isaiah 28. And guys, I don't know whether you can get this up here or not, but that's okay. They ought to be able to find it anyhow. Isaiah 28, verses 11 through 13. Listen to this. This is what God said to a generation that didn't believe Him. This is what He prophesied. Well, look at verse 10. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, uh, uh, here a little and there a little. God was having to treat them like babies. He said, we're going to repeat this over and over and over again because your head is in the way. Then God comes to this part, verse 11. For with stammering lips... And another tongue will I speak to this people. In whom he said, listen carefully, to whom he said, this is the rest. Did you get that? This is the rest. Wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. How many of you ever get weary in your thinking? Weary in your mind. How is it going to happen? What are we going to do, God? God ain't, he ain't trying to get you to figure anything out. He's wanting your obedience 
and complete surrender so that when your spirit, he speaks to your spirit by the Holy Spirit, you're not arguing with him. Glory to God. And this is the refreshing. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear it. They wouldn't hear it. So we see that the stammering lips and another tongue is how God's going to speak. And he declares that this is the rest wherewith the weary rest but they still wouldn't hear it. They're carnal thinking. Watch this. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go, and they fall backward, broken, snared, and taken. Now, I want you to do a self-examination for just a minute. How many times the Holy Ghost told you something, and you let it go? You let it go. And you let it go because you're trying. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest, the biggest areas. And when God talks to you about money. <gasps> Hello. See, some of y'all nervous that I'm going to take up an offering now. <laughs> you, you talk yourself right out of it. God has, to, he's trying to get you to give a seed. The seed is necessary to have a harvest. But what you see is your need. You don't see the seed. Your carnal mind sees the need. And God sees the seed. And he's speaking to you down here and your head is getting in the way. Well, I don't even have enough now. I don't have enough now. And you want me to give a seed? Well, if you don't have enough, if you don't have enough, you need to plant a crop. All right. Go with me to Acts. I told you it's being the last. Watch Acts now. Acts chapter 3. Just so you know that this is not taken out of context. Acts chapter 3. Peter stands up to a crowd that saw the miraculous. Saw the supernatural by the power of the Holy Ghost. And he stands up there, verse 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. Repent. In other words, change the way you think. Let the Holy Ghost think through you. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when, watch this, the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, whom before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, 
which God has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. There is a segment in the body of Christ that just wants God to get us out of here. And God says Jesus is going to sit there until there's some restitution or the restoring of something. Specifically what he's referring to is the restoring of these refreshings. This is a direct quote from what we read there in Isaiah. So what does that mean? That means the Holy Ghost is sending refreshings. That word refreshing is not only just get re replenished, but it also means to recover your breath. Recover your breath. How many of you ever ran or you had to do something? I'm talking about physical labor right now. Maybe push the lawnmower in your yard and your tongue was hanging out. <laughs> and you had to stop and get your breath. That's what God's doing to the church right now. The church has been out of breath. Specifically the breath of God. And God's saying, we're going to stop and I'm going to help you to recover your breath. Because what is ahead of us, your head can't perform. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Remember, the world is going to get dark. But your light shall come. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Times of refreshing. This is a time of refreshing. God is refreshing. It's the same word used for revival. He's sending revival to the body of Christ. Reviving. So don't get your head in the way. When the Holy Spirit ushers into the room this refreshing, get your head out of the way and let the Holy Spirit get, help you to regain your breath that God wants to put inside of you. Because, listen carefully, that's the only way the supernatural and the miraculous is going to happen. It's not going to be done with human reasoning. It's going to be done by this refreshing in your spirit to where it overcomes that fallen human nature that wants to argue you right out into disobedience. God is able to put you at the right place at the right time and absolutely get you. Where are you at, Raphael? Raphael, you in here? All right, Raphael, stand up so everybody can see you. All right, Raphael was a used car salesman. Well, a car salesman. Okay, what was your best days before, before what we're going to talk about? What was your best day, best month? 15 to 20, that's probably about average, right? He had retired. He and Margie came to this church. God moved on him. He, he decided to go back to work. He went back to work selling used cars. Now listen carefully. I want you to hear this. 
He starts selling used cars, and they're coming to him, and they're saying, I've never seen anything like this. How many were you selling? Now, 35, some months there you were doing 60, right? Cars a month. And they're coming to, and he's saying, I, it's not me. This is just a blessing. This isn't me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why I'm talking about being spirit-led. God led them to this church. Something started stirring on the inside of them. He just went back to work, told you, no, just go back to work. And now, they don't, they're probably hoarding. <laughs> we ain't going to let you go. But they may have to, Raphael. Because, I mean, you know, after all, God may want to promote you to where you get the bigger side of this. I'm just saying to you, if you get your head in the way, you'd have missed that. People that he had done, worked with couldn't believe. They thought he was lying to them. It's not me. It's just a blessing of God. It's not me. It's just a blessing of God. That's what I'm talking about. You'll never get into your serendipity without what I'm talking about. You'll be chasing your tail. I wonder why God doesn't bless me. You got to get out of the spout where the glory comes out. You can stand if you would like. Or you can sit there until I dismiss. Some of you are saying, if I sit there, my blessed assurance won't help me. Glory to God. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Lord, we're not here to convince you about anything. Holy Spirit, convince us. Burn inside of us. Baptize us with your presence. Not only while we're here in this building, gathered together in your name, but in our everyday life. Everywhere we go. Our homes, Father, hallelujah. Joy to break out in our households. Peace that surpasses understanding. An adventure in faith that we never imagined. Glory be to God. Jesus, you came that we may have life and have it more abundant. Now, Father, I thank you right now that you begin to move in our hearts and solidify. Bringing understanding in the spirit of learning. Where we won't be like others in the past that rejected their rest because they tried to figure it out. Father, while the world's turning dark, I thank you that there'll be a calmness that rests upon your people that are led by your Spirit. And Father, if inflation, deflation, depression comes along, 
You're the El Shaddai. You're the God that's more than enough. If you caused Isaac to reap a hundred so a fold return in the year of drought, you're going to cause us to flourish. Now, Father, we leave here today embracing your joy, your peace, your healing. Now, Father, I speak over them right now that your grace would surround them like a shield. Follow them everywhere they go and that they would hear your voice in their innermost being. And the voice of another they will not follow. Father, I thank you that you've given your angels charge over us. Our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke and we declare. Say this with me out loud. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. there'll be no tragedy tragedy. named among us. Now, Father, fill us so full of your love that as we go out into our everyday lives, that your love would just ooze out of us and touch those that are around us with the gospel of the truth. Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. This is what I want you to do in in, in greeting somebody around you. Why don't you tell them, I'm getting rid of my carnal mind. I don't want to have to go through what Pastor Ronnie went through. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.